ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, we can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening, you're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Shannon Davis and welcome to Omega Man Radio. Today is Thursday, August 10th, 2023. Where's the week going? We're going to kick it off with uh, some Speak My Word. We'll be uh, continuing in Genesis 35. And then at the top of the hour, we're going to have Gary Stafford with special guest Indira Prasad and then John Terrell. Some good news. I just put up, I believe, five new episodes over on the Omega Man Reloaded podcast channel. And I think I did three yesterday. So I'm getting back into a groove here, and we're remastering the entire catalog. We've got to do the most work on the first thousand episodes we did, uh, bring levels up and some cleanup. But uh, they're looking good and uh, sounding good, so I encourage you to go check them out. Many treasures to be found there in the archive. You can also uh, pick that up off the Podbean app or many other ways. Just go to my website, omegamanradio.com. Look for new uh, episodes come out every day, Monday through Friday, maybe on the weekend too. All right, I got caught up on some emails today. That's good. Forgive me if you had uh, supported this work and I had taking my sweet time to write you back and say thank you because I got behind with my brother in town but um, got caught up on some emails that's good and so things are coming together now I'm working on scheduling for you and then we're going to be back up to full marathon speed soon okay well let's get started how about opening up in prayer Father Jehovah in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth we come to you today And we thank you for this opportunity to get into your word. We invite the Holy Spirit to come. Holy Spirit of God, we ask that you would open up the word for us. Give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Illuminate the scriptures. Show us things that we know not, God. You said ask, and I will show you things that you know not. We're asking tonight. We ask that you would guide and direct every one of us have your way father god we plead the blood of jesus over this program over everybody tuning in in our families and ask you god to loose the warrior angels to stand guard over each one of us and camp about us to even deliver us as necessary we pray this right now in jesus christ's mighty name amen 
Okay. Genesis chapter 35. Are you ready? And God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel, and dwell there, and make a make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fled from the face of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods, the little g's, that are among you, and be clean, and change your garments, and let us arise, and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand, and all their earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. You know, we've got men wearing earrings today. I don't believe that's of God. Really, I believe it's an outward sign of bondage to something. And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them. And they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. You know, God could protect you and I in the same way and put the terror of the Lord on those around us that would try to do us harm. God has stationed his angels before around men of God, women of God. And when the enemy came, they saw the angel were terrified and fled. That, this is in modern times. I've heard these stories. So Jacob came to Luz, which is in the land of Canaan, that is Bethel, he and all the people that were with him. And he built there an altar and called the place El Bethel, because there God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. But Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died. And she was buried beneath Bethel under an oak. And the name of it was called Alon Bakuth. And God appeared unto Jacob again, when he came out of Padanaram, and blessed him. When I say Padanaram, I always think of where I live. I live at a place called Padang Sambian. <laughs> and God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called any more Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. You see that a lot where something significant, transition, has occurred in someone's life. Uh, in many cases, God begins to give people new names. And uh, we all have a new name coming if we we make it to the finish line. Jesus Christ himself, it says, will give each of us a white stone with a name written on it, a new name that only we and he know. That's kind of cool. What will your name be? What will my name be? Interesting to think about. Only time will tell. We're going to make it to the finish line, get that white stone. Amen? But you had... Uh, Abram, who was called Abraham. Sarai, who is renamed Sarah. Here, Jacob, 
is renamed Israel. Saul of Tarsus was renamed Paul. Can you think of any more? Those are a few that come to mind. And he called his name Israel. And God said unto him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee. And kings shall come out of thy loins. Literally, his sperm. Out of his seed would come kings. Generations would be born. Out of his loins. Those that have children out there, have you ever looked at each other and said, hey, you came out of my loins? <laughs> They're like, what? Yeah. That's where you came from. And the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac to thee, I will give it. And to thy seed after thee will I give the land. Now what God gives, no man can take away. Or if he does, um, judgment's coming. And we have nations and individuals that are doing that in real time, trying to take away the land that God gave Israel and his seed. They're trying to subdivide it, trying to steal it. They have stolen much of it. The nations like the UN and I think 190 nations or so want to give that land over to another people that God did not choose to inherit that land. The Palestinians and other groups, they are not the inheritors of that land. Who has the right to override God? Yet people do that and they're going to do it to their own peril and destruction. And you don't want to be on the side of those that are dividing up the land of Israel. You will probably find your house divided and your name not in the Lamb's book of life. If you're against Israel, God will be against you. If you bless Israel, God will bless you. If you curse Israel, God will curse you. That's Genesis 12.3. I didn't say it. God said it. But I'll repeat it because it needs to be heard. We've got a lot of people that don't know the word of God or they would not dare try to get in the way of what God is doing right here. And he in, intends to see that for it's all over. Israel is in possession of all that he gave them. It's coming. God is a Zionist. He's going to rule and reign from Mount Zion. That's where Jesus Christ is coming back to. Son of God. His beloved mountain, Zion, Mount Zion. Zion is a good word, not a bad word. Again, and the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac to thee, I will give it. To thy seed after thee will I give the land. And God went up from him in the place where he talked with him. And Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he talked with him, even a pillar of stone. And he poured a drink offering thereon, and he poured oil thereon. And Jacob called the name of the place where God spake with him Bethel. And they journeyed from Bethel, and there was but a little way to come to Ephrath. And Rachel travailed, and she had hard labor. 
It came to pass, when she was in hard labor, that the midwife said unto her, Fear not, thou shalt have this son also. And it came to pass, as her soul was in departing, for she died in childbirth, that she called his name Benoni. But his father called him Benjamin. And Rachel died and was buried in the way to Ephrath, which is Bethlehem. You know, there's no greater sacrifice that a mother could make than to lay her life down for her unborn child. Yet today, people don't think that way. They say, oh, I have a right to live, a right to get abortion if it puts a mother's life in danger. God never said you had a right to have an abortion. Under any circumstances, it's murder. No if ands, or buts about it. Doesn't matter what men legislate, or governments say, or allow. They're going to stand and give an accounting one day for every life they took. Whatever they want to say. Well, the child may have been retarded. They did that ambiocentesis and said, high likelihood of retardation, so we just went ahead and killed the baby. They obfuscate with terms like... Uh, we aborted the fetus. It's not a human until it comes out, you know. You got people that are trying to push for, well, you got six months after the babies come out to decide if you want them or not. And if you don't want them, you can give them back and they'll terminate them. Folks, this is this is demons in action. Again, Rachel she died in giving life to Benjamin and Rachel died and was buried in the way to Ephrath which is Bethlehem and Jacob set a pillar upon her grave that is the pillar of Rachel's grave unto this day and Israel journeyed and spread his tent beyond the tower of Edar. And it came to pass, when Israel dwelt in the land, in that land, that Reuben went and lay with Bilhah, his father's concubine. That was forbidden. And Israel heard it. Now the sons of Jacob were twelve. Sons of Leah, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, and Simeon, and Levi, and Judah, and Issachar, and Zebulun. Leah, of course, his first wife that he worked seven years for. The sons of Rachel were Joseph and Benjamin. Benjamin being the youngest, the last child, I believe. And Joseph was um, his beloved son that he gave the coat of many colors to, right? Later would be dropped in a pit, sold to some slave traders, taken to Egypt, sold again. Ended up in the house of Potiphar. We'll get to that story. And the sons of Zilpah, which were Leah's handmaid, were Gad and Asher. 
These are the sons of Jacob, which were born to him in Padanaram. And Jacob came unto Isaac his father, unto Mamre, unto the city of Arba, which is Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac journeyed. And the days of Isaac were a hundred and eighty years. And Isaac gave up the ghost and died and was gathered unto his people, being old and full of days. Boy, I'd like to live to 180. I want to shoot for it. And his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. Now, as long as my voice holds out, I can still do a Mega Man ready. Just strap a headset on me, hit that start button, and I'm ready to go. I might be blind at 180 in a wheelchair, but we can still do a Mega Man ready if the Lord tarries. Amen? <laughs> he gave up the ghost, 180 years old, old and full of days, and his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. They were reunited brothers. Isn't it great when the tribes reunite? Me and my brother reunited. I told him, I said, you have tribe over here. Now, these are the generations of Esau, who is Edom. You've heard of the Edomites? Well, I believe they proceed out of Esau, don't they? So understand it. Esau took his wives of the daughters of Canaan, Adah, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, and Aholabama, the daughter of Ana, the daughter of Zibion, the Hivite, and Bashemath, Ishmael's daughter, sister of Nebahoth. Remember, Uh, Ishmael was the first son of Abraham born to um, Hagar the maidservant of Sarah Sarah convinced him to go in and have a son because she didn't really believe the promise of God probably Abraham didn't either like they should have they were skeptical how is it that the Lord is going to allow us to have a child? And I'm already 90 years old, she's thinking. And then it causes a rift, you know, when uh, Isaac, the child of promise, is born. And because Ishmael was the son of Abraham, God said, I'll bless him too and make him a mighty nation. But the covenant God would make for Abraham did not extend to Ishmael he was not the child of promise as Isaac was and God of course would take care of Ishmael make him a mighty nation uh, and he was the half brother of Isaac then and so you've got Jacob and Esau when Esau had their birthright stolen or he despised his birthright let's put it like that and then he had the blessings, blessing stolen so that's more correct by his brother he got angry and uh, decided to go off and spite everybody and instead of marrying one of his own tribe like his brother would going to the 
mama's hometown over there to see Laban, he goes over to his half-uncle, Ishmael, and to his people. He married uh, out of the will of his mama dead, but nonetheless, and Bashmeth, Ishmael's daughter, sister of Nebhoth. And Adab bare to Esau Eliphaz. And Bashemath bare Reuel. And a holy Obama. I wonder if he was kin to Obama. Over here uh, in Indonesia, sometimes I get on a conversation with presidents and people say, Barack Obama. He was Indonesian. He went to school over here in Indonesia, rather. And I'm confused. Either his stepfather was Indonesian. I think that's what it was. That's how he ended up in Indonesia, in Jakarta, going to school. It's a well-known fact. In a time where um, an American living in Indonesia during that time would be a strange thing. There's a passport somewhere, but nobody, nobody has uh, produced it yet. And then was his father Kenyan? The Kenyans claim him too. But over here they'll say Barack Obama. And I say Barack Obama. Barack means caca. And they'll look at me strange and say, you mean Barack Obama? So I'm just thinking about this. Get back on subject here. A holy Obama. <laughs> Kendo Obama? I don't know. Bear Jiush and Jalam. And Korah. These are the sons of Esau, which were born unto him in the land of Canaan. And Esau took his wives and his sons and his daughters, and all the persons of his house, and his cattle, and all his beast, and all his substance, which he had gotten in the land of Canaan, and went into the country from the face of his brother Jacob. For their riches were more than that they might dwell together. And the land wherein they were strangers could not bear them because of their cattle. These brothers were wealthy. You could say they may were like cattle barons. They had a lot of cattle. I've not yet gotten into the cattle trade. I might force over with the Lord Terry's. Might pick me up some of these Balinese cows over here. Uh, very beautiful cows. Look one up on Google. They have what looks like velvety skin. Never seen a cow like this. Beautiful cows. Almost like a bronze coat. Might give me some goats too. Michael Basham has inspired me. And so has uh, Brother Lou Young. They both are goat herders. Give me some pygmy goats. At any rate, they had so much cattle the land could not contain them. And they went into the country. Again, he went into the country from the face of brother Jacob. Again, the land wherein they were strangers could not bear them because of their cattle. Verse 8. Thus dwelt Esau and Mount Seir. Esau is Edom. This is very important. For some reason we'll find out later. Here we've, we read the word declared now twice that Esau is Edom. So we know the origin. 
And these are the generations of Esau, the father of the Edomites. There we go. He was the father of the Edomites. Moab and Edom. These are the generations of Esau, the father of the Edomites, and Mount Seir. These are the names of Esau's sons. Eliphaz, the son of Adah, the wife of Esau, Reel, the son of Bashemath, the wife of Esau. And the sons of Eliphaz were Teman, and Omar, Zepho, Gatam, and Kenaz, and Timnah. Timnah. Wasn't that one of those characters in um, The Lion King? Timnah was concubine to Eliphaz, Esau's son. And she bared Eliphaz Amalek. Uh-oh. Those people were not good. If that's one of the same. Amalek. These were the sons of Ada, Esau's wife. And these are the sons of Ruel. Nahath, and Zerah, and Shammah, and Mizah. These were the sons of Bashamath, Esau's wife. And these were the sons of Aholibamah, the daughter of Ana, the daughter of Zibion, Esau's wife. And she bare to Esau Jeush and Jalam and Korah. These were dukes of the sons of Esau. The sons of Eliphaz, the firstborn son of Esau, Duke Teman, Duke Omar, Duke Zepho, Duke Kenaz, Duke Korah, Duke Gatam, and Duke Amalek. These are the dukes that came of Eliphaz in the land of Edom. These were the sons of Adah. And these are the sons of Ruel, Esau's son, Duke Nehath, Duke Zerah, Duke Shammah, Duke Mizah. These are the dukes that came of Ruel in the land of Edom. These are the sons of Bashamath, Esau's wife. We're doing some genealogy here. And these are the sons of Aholibamah, Esau's wife, Duke Jeush, Duke Jalam, Duke Korah. These were the dukes that came of Aholibamah, the daughter of Nah, Esau's wife. These are the sons of Esau, who is Edom. Third time now. These are their dukes. These are the sons of Seir, the Horite, who inhabited the land, Lotan, and Shobal, and Zibion, and Anah. I've seen that name Lotan somewhere before. I think it was the name of one of these sci-fi monsters that fought Godzilla from Japan. Lotan. You, you recognize that? Just saying. And Dishan, and Ezer, and Dishan. These are the dukes of the Horites, the children of Seir, in the land of Edom. And the children of Lotan were Hori and Hemam. And Lotan's sister was Timnah. You see a lot of strange names, and you may find that someone actually took it from the Bible, where they were mentioned first. Thousands of years ago, people were naming their, their children these names. And the children of Shobal, again, were these, Alvan, and Manahath, 
and Ebal, and Shepho, and Onam. And these are the children of Zibion, both Ajah and Anah. This was that Anah that found the mules in the wilderness as he fed the asses of Zibion, his father. By the way, in addition to maybe some Balinese cows, I think I'd get me a horse. I rode one a few years ago here on the island. I had the best time. I thought I'd never ride a horse again after I read this old mule, this old horse, rather, with, uh, named Monty. I think you can only see with one eye up in Alaska. And they put me on some, the back of Monty, on some type of uh, hard saddle. And it was like someone took a hammer and was banging me in the gonads every time he would do a, um, a trot. It was so painful. I said, this is not what it's cracked up to be. Because this is cracking me in the nuts. It hurt bad. And I figured I'd never get on a horse again. So I was very gun-shy when I had an opportunity a few years ago to get on a horse. And man, this uh, saddle was like made out of some material. felt like I was sitting on gel. I didn't feel a thing. It was so fun. I thought, man, I'd get me one of those myself. Ride it every week. <laughs> I had a great time. Yeah, Never too late to ride a horse. It's got to have the right saddle. Or it'll put you in a nutcracker. Okay, let me get back on track here. Just saying. And these are the children of Dishon, Hemdan, and Eshban, and Ethran, and Sharon. The children of Ezer are these, Bilhan, and Zavan, and Akan. Akan. Can? Akan? The children of Dishan are these Uz and Aran. These are the dukes that came of the Horites Duke Lotan, Duke Shobal, Duke Zibion, Duke Anah. Duke Dishan, Duke Ezer, Duke Dishan. These are the dukes that came of Hori. Among their dukes in the land of Seir. There sure was a lot of people here. Just think about it. Should the Lord tarry, how many generations could you and I? couldn't we have and these are the kings that reigned in the land of Edom before there reigned any king over the land of over the children of Israel and Bela the son of Beor reigned in Edom and the name of his city was Dinhaba how would you like to have a city named after you and Bela died and Jobab the son of Zerah of Basra reigned in his stead and Jobab died and Husham of the land of Tamani reigned in his stead and Husham died and Hadad used to know a lady named Hadad last name Hadad the son of Bedad who smote Midian in the field of Moab reigned in his stead and the name of his city was Avith and Hadad died and Samla of Masreka reigned in his stead. And Samla died, and Saul of Rehoboth by the river reigned in his stead. Not the, the Saul that preceded King David, but. And Saul died, and Baal Hanan. I wouldn't want a name with Baal in there. 
the son of Akbar, reigned in his stead. And Bahalman, the son of Akbar, died in Hadar, reigned in his stead. And the name of the city was Pal. And his wife's name, his wife's name was Mahetabal, the daughter of Matred, the daughter of Mezahab. I wish I had this kind of uh, visibility in my own genealogy. I have had to just claw out my history from the ether, not having much to go on other than the initials of my great-grandfather, my, da- my dad's side. I've only gotten back four generations, but all this man is just great. I'd be so thankful if I had a generational family tree like this. How about you? And these are the names of the dukes that came out of Esau, according to their families, after their places, by their names, Duke Timnah, Duke Alva, Duke Jetheth, Duke Aholibama. Uh-oh. Okay. Duke Elah, Duke Pinon, Duke Kinaz, Duke Timan, Duke Mibzar, we're almost there, Duke Magdil, Duke Iram, these be the dukes of Edom, according to their habitations and the land of their possession. He is Esau, the father of the Edomites. Whew, just got hot in here. Had to turn the air conditioning up. Chapter 37. Keep an eye on the clock here. We're okay. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. There were inhabitants already in the land, but they're going to take the land and inherit it because God has changed the deed these are the generations of Jacob Joseph being 17 years old was feeding the flock with his brethren and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah his father's wives And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now, Israel, that's that's previously known as Jacob, loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Do you think it's okay to love one child more than another? I had a grandmother one time tell me she loved me more than the others. I hope my siblings are not listening because they would not like that. She told me. Well, she said it didn't say that. She said, you're my favorite. She loved all of us. But she said I was her favorite. I I, I didn't. I was shocked. Not surprised. I I spent a lot of time with my granny. I called her granny. She called me boy. She didn't like being called granny. Because she was only in her 70s when she died, about 77. And granny was a name, you know, you'd reserve to like her mother great granny in my case but I just called my my grandmother granny and so she would she would in turn call me boy <laughs> we loved each other but she told me I was her favorite true story well it is what it is you know doesn't mean you don't love others but that's what she told me okay now Israel 
loved Joseph. He also loved the other sons, and he loved his baby boy Benjamin. But again, Joseph, he loved more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Hmm. I'm not going to say I'm old. I'm only 53, but I am in the second part of my life. And when uh, God gave me uh, three beautiful children here in Bali, I had them in the second part of my life. And uh, I'm going to be very close to them because uh, the first two I had, I didn't get to spend a lot of time with them. Although I love them, uh, they did not have the same time with dad that these three kids here have in the second part of my life or my old age. No, I'm not going to claim that old though, because I'm going for 180. When I get over 100, I'll say I'm old. But I understand this. I understand it. And you know, a lot of times, if uh, you've had children in your, you know, as a as a youngster yourself, I had my first child at 19. I was uh, 19 or 20, I guess. Um, yeah, I was 20. I was 20. Conceived when she was 19, but. My daughter, Vanessa, who is uh, 33, I believe she's 33, born in 90, yep, 33 in February. Um, you know, I wasn't ready to be a dad at 20, but it, it was what it was. Got married young. And uh, I find in the second part of my life, I'm ready. I'm more relaxed, and I can understand this. And I have a special affinity for these three kids that God gave me in the second part of my life. It's like Job. God blessed Job more in the second part of his life than in his first. And that's where uh, the Lord gave me Jemima's name in that reading. Just, oh, prayed, God, what do we call baby Jemima? You gave us Jeremiah and Judah, their names. What are we going to call this baby? And whereas mom had suggested the name for the first two, and then God confirmed it. I prayed and said, God, what do we call the babies? And prayed, opened up the King James Bible, and God gave me the name Jeremiah. I was looking at it. Same thing happened to Judah. Narita had suggested the name, but I wasn't really sure I liked that name. And I prayed, and God, what do we name him? Open up the Bible, King James. I set my eyes on the word Judah. God is my witness. The Bible, King James will talk to you. Al Cuppet said it would. I can say it does the same thing for me many times. It'll talk to you. God talking to you through his word. Because it is his word. I accept no substitute in the English language. It's the King James for me. That's it. Might look at another version, but King James is my go-to Bible, my study Bible, what I read. The only version I have in my house. And then came to Jemima, same thing. Except this time, Mama didn't get the name first. I just prayed, and God, what do we call this baby? And lo and behold, opened the Bible, fell open right there. Job, in the second part of his life, God restored him. He had lost his family before. You know the story, and God gave him all back and more. He gave him three beautiful daughters, and I looked, and there was Jemima. I said, I know that's from God. What's funny is they all have the, the letter J in their name. Well, so I'm ready at 50, you know, 53 to have another. I'd have another one, but 
That'd mean another cesarean for Narita, and we don't want to put her through that. But I love kids, and uh, understand when it says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. And while I love all five of my kids, I have five, and one grandson, I'm 53. Started young, as I mentioned, at 19. So did my dad. He got, <clears throat> he got married and was a father at 19. Uh, then Granddad Weber, on my mom's side, he was married at 18. Grandmother Weber was 16. And then his mother, Gr- Granny Weber, she was married at 15, and I think her husband was 21. <laughs> he robbed the cradle. He was a school teacher, though, and that's what they did back in the Deep South back then. So I was just going along with what was customary, being born and raised in the South. It's funny, over here in Indonesia, people don't get married so young. There's many people that are not married, and they're in their mid-30s, late-30s. And I'm like, what are y'all waiting for? Come on. And hopefully they're not fornicating, but I'm just saying, if you have managed to keep yourself for that long, what are you waiting for? Do you want to be an old maid or an, a eunuch? Get married. 30 in their late 30s. I'm not saying you got to get married at 19. No, that's not wise, actually. I think 25 would probably be good for most people. Benjamin Franklin said, thrive before your wife. And I think there's somewhere in the word that says, um, plant your field, build your house, find your wife. Something to that effect. Can anybody find that verse? <laughs> somewhere, I think. But, um, yeah, I think you should have your house, in, you know, have. I think you should be ready. And, you know, along that way of thinking, you know, many people are not pulling the trigger in Japan. They say, well, i got a career to go for, and i got to go to school, and, you know, I don't have all the money that I need. Well, you keep putting that thing off. You might never get married. And Japanese population is dying out because people aren't getting married or having babies even. More elderly than there are babies In Japan, they're in a real crisis. They could go extinct as a people. Well, let me get back on track here. The coat of many colors. What a gift. He was special. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him, could not speak peaceably unto him. They were jealous. I'd be jealous too. And Joseph dreamed a dream. And he told it his brethren. And they hated him yet the more. Joseph would get these dreams. They were prophetic. But, you know, they were a bit hard to bear. He said to them, Here, I pray you, this dream which I have dreamed. And he goes on to say, For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance, means they bowed their knee to my sheep. Excuse me. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream. And told it his brethren, said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. 
Behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father Isaac rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? I laugh, but it's not funny. These things will bear out as being true. He had a prophetic gift. He was also an interpreter of dreams, as we're going to find out here in a minute. These were gifts. Be able to interpret these dreams, and of course, uh, you and I can dream and have visions, as God enables us to. It's not a a gift of the Holy Spirit, but... uh, I have had a, I have had a dream from the Lord. I've had one that comes to me right now, and uh, I have not had any visions. I I prayed for those. I like to have a night vision, a day vision too. It'd be cool. Haven't had any visions yet. I have had a dream where the Lord spoke to me in the dream, and uh, I've had God speak to me directly through His Word. At times, it doesn't happen often, but when it has has been significant and uh, that's how the Lord works with me uh, with others maybe they've heard him audibly I have not heard while I was in waking mode the audible voice of the Lord I did hear the Lord speak in a dream I believe it was God if not it was an angel but I believe it was God he spoke to me in a dream it's happened one time but um, I pray and I say God you know Young men shall see visions, and old men shall dream dreams. I want some dreams and visions. How about you out there? And God will often speak to people as they lay on their bed in slumber, and he seals their instructions. Well, and there's some that have a gift they can interpret dreams. I, I can't interpret dreams, so don't call and ask me. I don't have that gift. But he had them. And he had a destiny, as we're going to find out. God-given calling. I think that'd be the better word. He told it to his father who rebuked him. Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? And his brethren envied him. But his father observed the saying. And his brethren went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said to him, Here am I. He was ready to go. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee. See whether it be well with thy brother, brethren, and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent Joseph out of the valley of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. And a certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What are you looking for? What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. The man said, They are departed hence. For I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. Is that where they got Dothan, Alabama? I think so. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. 
Dothan, uh, Alabama there on the outskirts of Fort Rucker, Alabama. I once flew down there in a C-12 military aircraft when I worked as a civilian for U.S. Army One Officer Division. We went over to Dothan, Alabama, if, I'm, if I recall Fort Rucker, and they took me out to some world-famous barbecue down there. Everybody knows. I forget the name now, but it was good. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near to them, his brothers conspired against Joseph to slay him. They were that jealous and had that much hatred. They said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit. We will say, Some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. And Reuben heard it, the oldest. And he delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness, and lay no hand on him, that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. So Reuben, you know, was looking to save his little brother from the mob came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren that they stripped Joseph out of his coat his coat of many colors that was on him and they took him and cast him into a pit the pit was empty there was no water in it big hole in the ground they sat down to eat bread and they lifted up their eyes and looked and behold a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels bearing spicery and balm and myrrh going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother in our flesh, and his brethren were content. Then they passed by Midianite, then there passed by Midianites, merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they brought Joseph into Egypt. And Reuben returned to the pit. And behold, Joseph was not in the pit. And he rent his clothes, ripped his clothes off. And he returned unto his brother and said, The child is not. And I, where shall I go? And they took Joseph's coat and killed a kid of the goats and dipped the coat in the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors and they brought it to their father and said, This have we found. Know now whether it be thy son's coat or not. And Israel knew it and said, It is my son's coat. An evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces, just torn into pieces. And Jacob rent his clothes, put sackcloth upon his loins, and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, For I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. And the Midianites sold Joseph into Egypt unto Potiphar, 
an officer of Pharaoh's and captain of the guard. We're going to stop right there. We did uh, 35 to 37. Thank you, Father God, for this opportunity to speak your word. Bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you enjoy these programs. Write and let me know if you enjoy these series called Speak My Word. Sometimes I get off the uh, reservation, if you will. Uh, jump the curb and we end out in no man's land. Had to find our way back, but we didn't do too bad today. <laughs> okay, let me save this. We're going to be back and kickstart our next program. Now, if you're on MixLR, the feed will go dead for a moment. You have to uh, refresh. If you're on ICE, excuse me, uh, our IceCast server, which is also a way you can tune in these programs, just a different player from my website. You don't have to do anything, so stand by. <laughs> 